God has plenty of power, would you agree? If you might know the Bible verse, Psalm 33, 9, I think it is, it says, He spake, and it was done, He commanded, and it stood fast. How about that for power? Speaks worlds into existence. God has got plenty of power. That's not the issue. The issue is, have we got plenty of power? How do we get that power out of God and down into our life? You know, every one of you, I know, I won't ask you to put up your hand, but I know every one of you gets tempted to do things you know are just out and out wrong. Do you? How do you get God's power into your life right at that point? That's what we're going to look at in quarter hour of power. This is kind of a little intro, and then we're going to go into tonight's session. You know, even many Christians, I don't know how many of you are professing Christians, how many of you are not, and I'm not really too worried about that, but many professing Christians deny the power of God. How could that be? The Bible tells us, it says they have a form of godliness. They go to church and they say prayers. That's the form of godliness. But the Bible goes on in 2 Timothy 3.5 to say they deny They refuse the power of God when it really comes down to them doing something that they want to do. You want to do, or I want to do. But then we come to a seminar like this, and we get the Bible open, and we think, yeah, now I'm going to be a better person, because I'm going to this prophecy seminar. It's going to make me a better person. But you know, it might not. I I liken it to... um, A lady, and she's just bought a new vacuum cleaner. You know, she's been brushing the floor for ages, and now her husband has bought her this new vacuum cleaner. And she's pushing it along, and she's thinking, it's going to be easier now I've got a vacuum cleaner. It's going to be easier now I'm a Christian. And she pushes it along, and she thinks, this thing is so heavy. And it doesn't seem to do anything to the floor. And then somebody says, you've got to plug it in. You've got to plug it in. Are you plugged into God? Are you plugged into God? Is the power coming out the wall and up the cord and into your life? That's what we're going to look at. You know, we have to somehow figure out how to get God's power, plenty of it, up in heaven into our life. We've got to get God's power into our mouth so we speak good words. We've got to get God's power into our tempers. Anybody here have a temper? Don't put your hand up. We've got to get God's power into our marriage and families. We surely have. If we don't do that as a nation, we are going to destruct from within. And that's what we're going to look at in this quarter hour of power. But there's some things you've got to know. We've all got to know. We've got to know how do we plug into God. I mean, I can't just pull a cord out the side of my leg and plug it into the pastor, and then be a perfect Christian. What, what is it in us that we plug in? And where do you plug it in? You go to the church and plug it in the church? You've got to get the right church or it doesn't work? Now you've got to plug into God. That's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at how long the cord is. But tonight's quarter hour of power, that's just an introduction to what we're going to look at night by night Tonight's quarter hour power is entitled, You Are in a War. Did you know that? I think we'd all agree that war is a horrible thing. Do we have any vets here? We all look too young for that. There's one. 
Several. Half a dozen. War, even if you've only seen it on the TV, war is a terrible thing. Guns, tanks, missiles. Now, it's okay if your country happens to own those missiles. They're they're not so bad. But if you're sad at home and one lands next door, that ain't no fun. I'm not talking about that kind of war. We've seen 757s flying into the side of buildings. I'm not talking about that kind of war. I'm not talking about Al-Qaeda. I'm not going to talk about Iraq, Vietnam, Pearl Harbor, World War I and II. I'm talking about something a little bit different, but it's just a war nevertheless. It's a spiritual war. Did you know that you're in a spiritual war? Whether you like it or not, whether you recognize it or not, whether you want it or not, every single one of us is in a war. And it's raging. It's been raging for years. Where does this war take place? Well, you'll never see it on CNN. You'll never see it on ABC. And you won't even see it on the BBC. That's the British Broadcasting Company. That's where I come from. It's a war in here. It's a war in the mind. It's a war between right and wrong. Between good and evil. It's a war between the truth and the lies. It's a war between love and hate. And you know, when you really boil it down, it's a war between you, God, and the devil. Did you know that? Did you know you were in that war? I'm sorry to say it, it's kind of bad news, but you're in a war and there's no way out. Now, I don't know if any of you have realized, I bet you all have, but you've probably never admitted it, that every one of us is naturally selfish. Is it true? Have you recognized that when it really comes, push comes to shove, you look after who? Number one. How many of you, when you were growing up, can remember anybody sitting you down and saying, now, little child, I'm going to instruct you today on how to be selfish. I'm going to teach you how to snatch. I'm going to teach you how to argue. I'm going to teach you how to cry when you don't get your way. Can anybody remember that? No? Why? Just kind of comes natural, doesn't it? And you know, as we grow up, all the children are over in the, most of the children are over in the cabin there. But as we grow up, we kind of get a little bit more refined. And we don't just cry when it doesn't go my way. Well, maybe we do still, I don't know. (laughs) We start getting a little bit more sophisticated about our selfishness. We start talking. Do you know what she said about me? We start gossiping. We start doing all those kind of things. It's just selfishness. Not child selfishness, but adult selfishness. Well... As we grow up, not only does our selfishness kind of change, but we get a kind of an education, our conscience. We've all got a conscience. And it starts to get educated, and we start to realize there's some things that just, it isn't worth doing. So this war starts to develop between our selfishness and what is right, what we know is right. I'm going to illustrate this to you from a personal experience in my life. 
Don't throw any tomatoes at me or any stones. Who is, he who is without sin can cast the first stone, okay? Our family, my wife and children, are here on the front row. We were traveling up Highway 93. You all, wait, you all know Highway 93, Whitefish to Eureka. Going up there, it's dark. We're going up to Fairmont Hot Springs. You know that place? I'm going to soak in those hot pools. And so we're going up there. It's dark. We're driving along in our little Subaru early in the morning. And you know there's lots of deer crossing, especially at that time. I've got some nodding heads there. You know that road well, huh? So I'm going along and doing about 65. And all of a sudden, into the headlamps comes a dead deer. I mean, it's, it's very dead. It's steaming. This was just a couple of weeks ago. It was cold, early morning. And so now my concentration is, because the headlamps were kind of dirty on the car, so I didn't see it for the last minute, so now I'm braking hard. I'm trying to go round it. It's right in the middle of my lane. And so I've got two wheels on the gravel, braking. And just at that point, when I'm just passing the deer, I see, just at the corner of my eye, I see a van parked about 10 feet back off the road, perpendicular to the road, and it's about 50 yards on from where the deer was. And immediately I figured that they were the people who must have hit the deer, and they'd swerved off the road. I could see the front wheels going round. They were stuck in the snow. So, what did my conscience tell me to do? Come on, enter in. Pull over and help them. That's exactly what the Lord said to me in my brain. I mean, it's not a voice that you hear, but you know what I mean, your conscience. Well, if you're anything like me, you've got a human heart. Okay, and a human heart is desperately wicked, the Bible tells us. So I thought, well, I don't really want to stop. I mean, I didn't say that out loud. I didn't say that to anybody else in the vehicle, but, you know, we started off early, and I kind of set in my mind I wanted to be in those hot pools by about 9.30. And if I stop and help, and, you know, and all these excuses started filling my mind. So I carried on, and then another excuse came to me. You know, I've only got a little Subaru, and that was a van. My Subaru will never pull that van, so I can carry on. I still didn't feel great. So now I start, I mean, you know how this goes on. I'm not the only one. I haven't got a cell phone. If I had a cell phone, I would stop because then I could call up somebody and I haven't got a cell phone, so somebody else will get them. Well, I still didn't really feel very good. (laughs) I knew what I should do. Now, what I'm talking about here is the war that we're in. I'm right in it at this point. You've been in it. It's right at the point when you know what is right to do and you don't want to do it. Has anybody ever been there? And everybody nodded their head. (laughs) We've all been there. So I carried on with another excuse. You know, I bet somebody will be along with a pickup. You know, every other car in Montana is a pickup. So somebody with a big, powerful pickup, they'll pull them out. So I carried on. Now I'm about two miles away. Oh, now I'm too far away. It's no use turning around. And I have to be, even though I'm standing up here talking to you at a religious meeting, I have to say... I didn't stop. I went all the way to Fairmont Hot Springs and I didn't stop. That's pretty bad, isn't it? (laughs) Well, you're not throwing any tomatoes at me, so (laughs) perhaps you've done the same thing. I know you all have. (laughs) 
That is the war that I'm talking about. That is the war between right and wrong. It's a war between you, God, and the devil. I'm just painting the big picture. We're going to learn more about how to win that war tomorrow. Now, let's take a bit of the pressure off me and put it onto you. You've just had an argument with somebody you really like. Maybe it's your parents, maybe it's your child, maybe your husband or your wife or your best friend. Somebody you care for, anyway. And you've just had an argument and you've stormed off. And now you're on your own, you're driving along or whatever, and you feel real bad. I shouldn't have said that. And then you start realizing, yeah, I was wrong. And now you realize you should perhaps go and say sorry. This is the war. Are you with me? Are you in this war? Have you ever been there? It's a real war. And you'll never read about it on CNN. You know, inside of us, the Bible tells us that there's a a carnal man. A carnal is kind of an old word, but it's it's the wicked part of us. (laughs) Have you all got a wicked part? (laughs) It's the wicked part of us. And... Some places in the Bible, it calls it the flesh. And it's, it kind of lives in our body. And we've got a brain, and sometimes the brain is convicted. We come to meetings like this, and we say, yes, the Bible is right, and I need to clean up my life. So the brain says one thing, but there's still this self, this selfishness stuff in us. And that's what causes the war. It's a real war. You know, why don't you open your Bibles just very quickly and close in here. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. I haven't got the seminar. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans in the New Testament. Romans chapter 7, verse 22. In case you think this war only goes on in normal people like you and I, you'll find that one of the greatest Bible writers, the Apostle Paul, He wrote here this in Romans 7. Romans 7.22, he says, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Now, what does that mean? It means inside of me, I want to do what is right. But read the next verse. But, he says, this is the Apostle Paul, the great man of God. But, he says, I see another law in my members, in my body, in my flesh warring against the law of my mind. Carry on, read the last few verses there. That is the war that I'm talking about. It's the war that goes on inside of us between right and wrong. It's a personal war. I don't know your war, and you don't know my war. Your husband or your wife might not know your war. Your best friend might not know your war. Your parents or your children might not know your war. But you do. Now, if I was to leave you there, that would be a pretty miserable meeting, wouldn't it? (laughs) But come back tomorrow, because tomorrow we're going to, tomorrow's quarter hour of power is entitled, You Choose Who Wins. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, Or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.